Good morning. Welcome to the Friday morning sessions. Um, my name is Robin Parker. I'm features editor on Broadcast. Um, I'll briefly introduce uh, our four guests and perhaps have some individual chats before we uh, discuss some, some bigger themes. Um, so to my left is Sinead Wynne-Roberts, who's Content Commissioner, Children's and Learning at S4C. Next to her, we have Catherine Pitch. Yes. Uh, Director of uh, ZDF Junior Enterprises. And to her left, we have Stephanie Wallström, Channel Manager of Tiny Pop and Pop Girl, which are part of the CSC Media Group. And at the far end, Sevele Bushdemir, Manager of uh, Turkey's TRT Chuchuk. So if we can start with you, Sinead. Um, you've been with S4C since uh, 2012. In commissioning terms, I gather you're responsible for around 10 hours a day? Um, yes, 10 hours a day on Q. Q is our preschool strand, and Stunch is uh, around one and a half hours a day, um, our children's strand. So preschool is, is the, the bulk of that, that's eight hours a day, yes. And how much of your, your budget and your hours goes on original content? Well, we did try to work it out for last year in preparation for, <laughs> for this meeting, and... Um, and it's a surprising 90% um, of, of, the, um, uh, of, of the content is, is original. And uh, then round, you know, I've got the figures here, I can't remember them now. Is that um, growing or is that what it's sort of generally been for a number of years? I'm not sure what it's been for, for a number of years, but I, it's really important for us to get really good original content, you know, content that feels Welsh, that feels new and different. And also, of course, acquisitions and, and co-productions are also really important as well. Now, uh, so um, acquisitions, 8% of the, of the budget, for example, goes on acquisitions and 2% on co-pros. So most of our hours and our budgets go on, on new programmes, on original programmes. And do you get pitched much from outside Wales or does it tend to be you know, local uh, producers who come to you first because of the, the language? Well, it's a, it's a combination of both, really. I mean, people, obviously, you know, we're really important for the local industry, and it's important for us to support the creative industries in Wales. Um, but also, people pitch, if they happen to be filming something in Wales, they'll quite often come and pitch to see if, if we would want a Welsh-language version of that, or, you know, um, established companies will pitch something just because they think it'll suit us, you know. Um, so, it, it, it's, it varies, yeah. And in terms of you say Welsh language versions of existing productions. How how much does that does that happen? Or you know, the, the things are made in in dual language, and you you will take the, the Welsh language. Well, version. An, an example that's being filmed at the moment is a, a nature series is being filmed in Wales. It's a long running nature series for um, that's been going on Milkshake um, called Animal Antics, and they've um, they're basing this particular season in Tembe. So because of that, they came, they came for a chat and uh, we're now taking the series and also, uh, you know, they're, they're employing local people and, um, uh, and also an, a Welsh-speaking producer in order to provide us with a Welsh-language version. So they will be shooting the, the dialogue scenes twice? Uh, that's actually voiceover, it's not it's dialogue, voice so it's that makes voice. it a lot easier, yes. Um, but back-to-back -back sometimes happens. Um, Back to back is interesting because it isn't actually half the cost. You know, it's it's um, sometimes people will pitch a drama idea 
because they're filming it in Wales. I mean, Wizards and Aliens is, is made in Wales. Doctor Who is made in Wales, you know, but we can't have Welsh versions of those because they would be so so expensive and also our kids also speak Welsh, uh, also speak English yeah. as well as Welsh. <laughs> so they can just watch the original. Why would they watch it in Welsh? So I have to be careful that we don't just um, have content in Welsh just because it happens to be filmed in Wales, you know. Um, so I, I'm interested in projects that work for our audience. Mm -hmm. And how robust is that target audience of, of Welsh-speaking children, I mean, as, 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 as children grow older today, uh, are there the volume of children speaking a language? Is, is that fairly constant? Well, it's interesting because um, the population of Wales is around 3 million, and around 600,000 people speak Welsh, or, so that's around 20-21%. But because people, uh, parents send their children to Welsh schools, they want their children to learn Welsh, and they become fluent very, very quickly because they're so young, um, we find that uh, a lot of our audience um, as many as, I think, around 60% of, of the preschool audience actually live in English-speaking homes. So Kew, for example, might be the only Welsh that they hear at home. Um, so the, the numbers generally uh, have gone down in the last census, but the numbers for, for children, the number of Welsh-speaking children is rising, especially in the younger age group, which is good news for us. But you say you know, they will be watching other shows as oh, well. And you, you've mentioned Wizards yeah. vs. Aliens, but also, of course, yes. um, you know, American shows and, and other, other big brands. I mean, they're exactly like other kids. They're exactly like kids you know, who watch other programmes, love The Simpsons, love Big Bang, and you know, all mm. of those series, just like, just like normal kids, if you like. <laughs> um, but they also speak Welsh. So in a way, we kind of almost have to work that much harder, you know, especially as they get a bit older. The preschool age... Um, works really, really well for us. Q was incredibly popular, and uh, and if you'd like to see it, I haven't got a clip of Q, but if you have downloaded the app and you click on the S4C icon, you'll get the, the um, Q uh, showreel. Um, so Q was a, a kind of national treasure. You know, parents love it, teachers love it, kids absolutely adore it. We go out into the community a lot. It gets more difficult. Once kids are around eight or nine, just the same as every single other broadcaster, it gets more difficult. And for us, um, you know, the, the pull of Anglo-American culture is incredibly powerful. And um, we have to find ways of, of doing things differently. And one way that we do that is through digital products. So we've gone for digital content in, in a big way. We've tried to experiment a lot. Um, I will use gimmicks. I'll use any, you know, we, we've, um, uh, we've pioneered the second screen. Uh, two years ago, we had the first uh, second screen um, uh, game show, A Lift, which then developed with Boom to become Ludus. And we also have a Welsh version of Ludus. So, um, I mean, I'm really proud of the work that we've done on the dig digital front and that we will try anything. You know, we're small, but we'll, we'll give it a go. And are you looking at uh, more ideas in that play-along game space at present? Definitely, that's something we can do quite easily. Um, uh, for example, with a lift, the take-up was really high. Um, I, I think that the average take-up is around 2 or 3%. And for a lift, it was around 9 to 10% were actually playing um, along, alongside. Um, and I believe we've got a clip of one recent project. Well, just this, this particular oh. project is, is quite interesting. I thought I'd focus on this because uh, it first appeared on my desk about 
two years ago, um, and it was an idea for a drama, and it, um, it's, it's called Matron, and it was a, a pitch for an eight-half-hour drama for kids, and sci-fi, you know, um, apocalyptic, you know, fantastic story, but I just couldn't afford it, and I, I couldn't really, I can't really compete with Wizards and Aliens. There's no point even trying or even going there. Um, at the same time, I was looking for a project that would work on different platforms, where uh, children might watch something on TV, and then they go online, and then back on TV and do something else, and then a game, and then go out to play, and then come back. You know? um, so what happened with this particular idea is that it, it developed. It was such a strong story um, that um, it became the vehicle for um, this project called Madron. If we can see the clip. Thank you. Sawyer's life is about to change. Tanyuch. The future of the world is in danger as a virus is released. My Ayr, my and zombies. There's no place left to hide. My It's time for Seren and Ishmael to fight back. But who's behind the attack? Madron, Thursday the 22nd of May on S4C. And after the program, download the app to follow the story and play the games. s4c.co.uk slash madron. So that started as uh, a 10-minute uh, episode, uh, animated episode, fully animated, really lovely style. And then um, straight after the episode, you could download the, the, next, um, the next version as a digital comic. This digital comic has games... Um, animation, music, sound, dialogue. Um, it's not fully animated, but, but it just has the feel of, of something that's in the same style. And what we did was that we had this as a, as a Madron event over four weeks. So the next week, the second episode was, um, was launched, the third episode launched, and then the fourth episode. So it started on TV and then became a comic. Um, and that really has, has done very well. I mean, it's only just been on, so I don't have any figures and so on yet. But, but in terms of trying something new. It was really, really exciting. Everybody who worked on it was so enthusiastic. And that came from um, the, the, right, the, the, the main story came from, from the writer Emma Collins, who doesn't speak Welsh. Uh, she was working with Glasshead, who are based in London. They then teamed up with Cube, who, uh, who are a Cardiff company, and um, uh, who, who made all the games. And uh, you know, it, was, it was just kind of a really excellent way of seeing you know, different companies working together. Great, and, and the, the sort of the, the action tone of that, does that fits in with, with the sort of narrative? Yes, I mean, we were going for the older end of, of Stunge, so we were going for the sort of 10 to 13-year-olds. It's, it's quite dark, you know, the whole story is really quite dark, um, but it is a very, very good story, and it, it does drive the whole... Um, you know, it drives everything. And I found this so fascinating. You know, even in this digital age where you can just download stuff and play with games and so the story actually really drives kids. And when we saw children playing it, um, it was the story that drove them on. You know, they wanted to know what was happening. They could have just gone to the games and played the games, uh, but they didn't. They actually wanted to know the context. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm very proud of that project. And, you know, we've got lots more. Um, and interested in, in playing around with different, with, with different formats. But the interesting thing about that is that in terms of cost, for, you know, a value for money and cost per hour, 
we had to find a different way of kind of costing that. S4C is a, is a public service broadcast. We had to be very careful how we spend our money. And rather than seeing that as a project that was a 10-minute animation, we, we came up with this um, way of looking at it where, well, it's an event over four weeks. Um, all our live programming for children were, were also playing into it and, and doing reviews and, you know, we had flash mobs and that kind of thing. So there was a lot, a lot of stuff happening off screen. Um, and so we sort of worked out that that would be probably around 10 hours of gameplay and reading and if you joined in. So you almost have to think of it in a different way. Um, I suppose ideally, if I was completely honest, if we had more money, um, I would have liked an animated episode to finish off. Um, but I really don't want to sit here and say, oh, look at us, we're a small, we're a small um, uh, channel and you know, we all speak a funny language that a lot of people don't understand and we haven't got any money. Do you know, we're actually out there, we're doing lots of really exciting stuff and I'm really proud of the companies we're working with. And is that a project that, you know, you've talked to, whether it's BBC or other broadcasters, about well, uh, the, um, taking it on in, in the English language? The way that was funded was that some of it came from my PSB uh, TV budget, some of it came from our digital PSB budget, and also our um, um, co-production fund invested in the format. So S4C now has a stake in the format as well. Um, and I understand that they are talking to other, other broadcasters. Great stuff. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, ZDF. Um, Katharina Pietsch uh, joined ZDF Enterprises back in 2003 as a trainee. Um, now you oversee co-productions and investments in kids, youth, and family programming. Nansen, you, you, I mean, you have a number of sort of key UK titles within your schedules, things like Wolf Blood, things like Junior Dance Academy. How do they perform on your channel? How do they sit alongside... Um, Commission content. Um, they work really well for us. Actually, we, we are quite experienced in, in international co-productions and have been doing international co-productions on the European scale, but also with Australia or Canada for about 25 years, um, because it's basically a way of getting high-quality programming finance that we couldn't afford on our own. Um, so it sits really well with all our local content um, on the fictional side, dramas, etc. We have very little German pure German local content because it's very hard to finance on your own and it doesn't travel internationally. So um, it works well. We kind of have the, the German side covered or the local content covered with some animation, a little bit of um, one or two German drama series, but besides that, a lot of uh, entertainment formats, um, the documentary, the magazines that are really su successful, the, the um, kind of scientific or science-based shows. And um, yeah, with uh, the drama series and the international <coughs> co-productions, we have um, the, a nice mix in it. They work really well for us. Good. Well, shall we have a look at the, the clips you brought?
a great mix of shows there. I mean, what sort of UK content does work well for you? Is it really across the board, uh, across your channels? Yeah. Um, I mean, um, ZDF is, is um, only broadcasting the kids' programming on the Saturdays and Sunday mornings, um, uh, but we also run um, Kika, um, the German public service kids' channel, together with ARD. Um, so all the content that we acquire, co-produce or commission actually goes on both platforms. It goes on ZDF and on Kika. And Kika runs daily, so they have a lot more demand for programming. Um, and as I said, um, couple of things, or well, the, the, the UK uh, content we have is, for example, Wolfblood or Cupoodle 5, <coughs> those kind of things. Um, and they work really well together and um, with, with the other stuff we have. It's, it's, I think it's a very international mix. For UK producers sitting here today, what, what's the best way for them to approach content for your channels? Is it to uh, think about co-production partners from the start? Do you hear an idea, <coughs> think that that works for you, and then discuss co-productions? Yeah, it can, it can be anything. We're quite flexible on, on, on how we acquire programming. We can do pure acquisitions. Once something is finished, we can do co-productions. We do commissions. Um, if you want to do co-production with us, it's, it's great to approach us quite early on with your ideas. And as I said, we're really open to that because we really have found in the past years that um, it's a great way of producing programs. Yes, it can be a bit complicated, and you have to make sure that you have the same idea right from the outset about what you want to get out of it. Um, with different partners that might be more a bit more difficult as if you were on your own but it's a great way of working so um, come to us with an idea um, a concept um, and 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 what you want to do and anything from preschool up to tween teenage uh, live action animation is something that, that works well for us we do have a bit more girls um, so the pure boys action doesn't really work for us that well um, but Besides that, we're quite open to all kinds of programming. And the schedules, are they quite zoned? You know, quite, there's, there's certain content at certain hours, or is it quite a flexible uh, feel to it? Well, there is a, on ZTF it's quite structured. For example, on ZTF we, we don't have any of the preschool anymore. Um, the preschool is going all onto Kika, and they are the, the market leader for, for preschool. And that's um, mostly in the morning and in the early afternoon. Um, they have a live action kind of prime time slot in the evening, which is quarter past um, seven in the evening. Um, but besides that, there's a lot of flexibility actually, depending on, on, on what, way, what we want to uh, achieve. Yeah. And this is up to the age of what, sort of 11, 12? 13, 14, I'd say. Like the, yep. the prime time slot, we call it quarter past seven, is, is um, the, the, we play live action programs like H2O, Mako Mermaids, Dance Academy, Wolf Flood. Um, that goes up to 13, 14. But then we lose the audience because it's, the channel is called Kika, so Kinder Kanal, so it's kids. So then they move to the uh, commercial broadcasters. <laughs> um, and, and other examples you can give of, of shows where you've, you've co-produced with the UK recently? Um, I don't know if I can talk about them yet. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, um, we are we are gonna we are, have come on board on on Scream Street, which is a it's a co-production with the CBBC, ABC Australia, Coolabai, and Match Factory. So we're going to be distributing that, um, um, which is great, and we're really excited about that. Cupidle Five has been um, a super show that we've um, worked on together with Snapper and and Blue Zoo is. Um, um, producing that um, just finished production, but we're going to do a Christmas special. Um, yeah, and Wolfblood obviously is going into its mm -hmm. third season. Just, it's uh, filmed at the moment, and um, we're talking about season four. 
great stuff. So Scream Street, what, what's the, what, what, what appealed to you about that? What can you tell us a little bit about? It's a really original concept. It's, it's fun, it's scary, it's spooky, it's crazy, it has an amazing look. Um, and we just thought it would be something that would really fit well into our kind of portfolio. It's um, a bit different to what we usually do. It's um, the older target group, which we are really looking for. Content, we're looking for content for that age group, six to nine or older, um, because we're quite full on the preschool at the moment. So that was a perfect fit, really. And, and the people working on it as well. Okay, well, Stephanie, um, Stephanie Wallstrom, channel manager of Tiny Pop and Pop Girl. Um, you joined CSC in 2010. Um, it's perhaps not a, a familiar channel for some people in the room. Do you want to just describe both Tiny Pop and Pop Girl and their positioning, first of all? Um, yeah, so we actually have four children's channels. I just managed two, and uh, Craig Hunter manages the other two. So Tiny Pop is our youngest channel. It is four to six-year-olds. So we do say we're not preschool, so we don't do the really, really, really young stuff. Um, and it's doing very well. And, um, and then our next age group is Pop. We've just moved Pop onto Freeview. And that is comedy, kind of seven to nine um, year olds. And then we have Pop Girl, which is a, girls, a channel dedicated to girls. 7 to 12, and Kicks, which is a channel dedicated to boys, uh, 7 to 12. And what are the most popular shows on the channels that you run? Uh, on Tiny Pop? It's a, it's a range, actually. Um, you know, we, we just acquired Maya the Bee, and that's been quite successful for us. Um, My Little Pony does well. Millie Molly, which we've had for quite some time, always does well. We can put it anywhere in the schedule and it rates. So it's quite a, a range of, of shows, actually, that each one of them, it's almost like they take their turns rating well, and then they go in the background, and another one comes up. So, And then Pop Girl, Life with Derek always does well for us. Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, we have H2O. Um, that just recently launched. And Unfabulous, basically the, the girl sitcoms do well. Well, shall we look at a flavour of those, and then we can talk a bit about your original Yeah, so actually what we have here, we've just started kind of commissioning things. So uh, the video is a few of the things that we've made in-house. Love Big Pop Art? Here's loads of them together! They haven't had much time. But look how good they look! Taking one summer picture. Using some cool materials. And supersizing the art. Welcome to the epic Hero Challenge. The most intense, incredible, courageous, demanding games you've ever witnessed. They're balloon crushing, backbreaking, Peltastic trials that will truly test the powers of our wannabe superheroes and will sort the great from the good. Two teams will battle it out to test every skill a hero should possess. Um, so yeah, that's an example of, we, so we've started to make original content and that's an example of some of the things that we've done. Um, and then just recently, I don't have a clip for it because we just finished filming it, is a show called Style Stars 
which is a fashion-based um, challenge show, and that's a full 11 minutes, 12 by 11 minutes. So um, we're starting to get bigger. At the moment, the ideas tend to originate with us, so we come up with format, might even do some of the writing or uh, that kind of stuff, and then commission somebody else to actually make it. Um, a long time ago, we used to do everything just in-house by ourselves. So we're slowly having other people come in with ideas um, to see if we can work together and collaborate. So that particular production, um, Style Stars, was with Midnight Oil? Yes. Um, does, that open the, does that open the door now for them? Are they, are they, they are pitching ideas to you? Are you, are you getting pitches in from, from indies that... Uh, we haven't got any pitches in yet. It definitely opens the door because we know that they can deliver now. Um, because we work with quite small budgets, we really need to know that whoever we work with can deliver what we need and on time. Uh, we work in very, very tight turnarounds. Like I started talking, so it was easier because um, I'd done the development, so we already knew kind of what the show was going to look like, but the turnaround was insane. I think we did everything in three or four weeks from when I said we're actually going to do this to finishing filming and it's on air in two weeks. So it's very, very quick, which is nice because it doesn't take forever or drag out, but at the same time, it's, it's very quick. And on that particular production then, was that uh, the, the decision to uh, outsource the production, was that, was that a, a, you know, a resource and a scale issue primarily? Yes, so um, there is only four of us in the kids team running four channels. Um, and we're primarily acquisitions. So Francesca Newington is the head of acquisition or head of children's channels, and she does all the acquisitions for all the channels. And then Craig and I run the channels as well, day to day, do all the planning. So uh, it's just not possible for us to go out and film and do all the other things. So we really need partners that we can work with, who have who understand the channels, who understand the age groups, who can bring really amazing content. Like some, um, we work with Steve Wynn on. Uh, some of the pop stuff and kicks and it's just really nice we have another animation partner um, in Versus and they made the topsy-turvy tales and that one was even more ridiculous I think I gave them six weeks from when I first called them to the last one being on air um, and they did it all and you know we wrote it but they animated it in record time so it's just nice to know that you know meet other partners that we can work with that you know, are fun and understand how we work and understand the channels and want to work with us. And you, you mentioned budgets being uh, tight or yeah. small. Um, first of all, are you able to sort of give, give some sort of benchmark for that? And also, realistically, how many commissions can you order? Um, well, the budgets change. Everything's, it's, because our acquisitions budget is different from our production budget. Um, so we have stunts that we run every year and right now all the commissioning that we do is usually attached to a stunt or an event that we're going to do. So we're having a fashion summer which is why we did Style Stars. Um, we did Imagination Month so we took fairy tales that kids know and turned them around to use our imagination. Um, so the budgets basically think of a number that's really small and then put that in half. <laughs> <laughs> and then have, maybe have it again. Um, <laughs> So we don't, we don't have a solid number that we really work with. To be honest, it's very, very different. Um, but we can offer production support. We do do quite a bit of the work ourselves as well. So um, we can help with resources. So although the number may not be big, we can help in kind with 
edit suites, shooting, camera people, writing, all the other stuff that might cost. And you mentioned those recent events or themes. Are there some coming up that people can think about that they might um, work up some ideas for? For the rest of this year, because our, our, our big ones are usually for the summer. Um, so for the rest of this year, I don't think we have anything major coming up. Um, we, we're getting better and better at doing it earlier in the year and planning exactly what we're going to do for the rest of the year. So um, I imagine later this year, early January, we'll have a better idea of what we want to do for next summer or the next few things that we need to make. And then, you know, that's why we want to build a relationship so we feel comfortable with somebody and sharing what, you know, our plan for the channel is. And then also hearing their ideas, well, you could, you could do this, we could make this for you, and it would fit really well. And it's not like anything you have, so. And clearly you are up against some quite large competitors in this space, not just TV, clearly, but you know, many platforms beyond. Mm -hmm. you have the, you know, you're centering around some events which you commission around, which you, you can create a bit of buzz around. How else do you make your shows and your channel stand out? We have our websites, it? which are very useful, and that's another thing that's very unique in what we do, is that we're very interactive. So um, the stunts that we do have an online component, but not just you can go online and and do it. Um, for Style Stars, it's a challenge show, but the outcome of the show is decided by kids voting online through our website. So, and then they're also encouraged to try the challenges out themselves, send in photos, and then we put the photos on TV of the challenges that they've tried that we've put to the girls in the show. Um, so we do a lot of that. It's very um, 360 in that way that they should go to the website and have a similar experience, cut downs, a lot more information and then go back to TV to see the next week's episode, who they're going to vote for. Um, and we do that with every stunt that we do. We did that with uh, Topsy Turvy Tales and Imagination Month. Kids sent in pictures of their imaginary friends um, and we put them on TV. So it's very, it's very back and forth. So that's usually what we, we do. We don't really do marketing, mostly because we found we don't really need to. Tiny Pop does very well without any marketing, so we don't really advertise or any of that kind of stuff. Um, let's bring in Sevalo now. Um, you helped set up uh, the channel in 2008, I believe. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the schedule, the positioning of the channel, and the mix of, of shows you offer from around the world, first of all? Since 2008, it's, it's, it's not very, long way to go and we are so young and uh, our scheduling uh, also structured uh, due to the kids playtime and the school time is different in Turkey still we have two different uh, sections in a day and and from from the beginning we started to put uh, 50% uh, acquisitions and local productions and in-house productions but later on, we started to support the local uh, production companies as a public broadcaster and one of the missions uh, of public broadcasters as it is. And then we, uh, we, we saw that it's, they, they, they are starting to grow very fast and they, they are about to catch the high quality now. And then we saw, uh, now we can say it's more than 80% uh, is in local productions, from local productions. 
and the rest of the uh, programs are acquisitions and in-house productions. And we co-produce uh, with local production companies. And we, uh, after this six, six and a half years, we now started to uh, open the windows, open the doors to the other in, uh, international production companies to produce with the Turkish ones as well. But uh, of course, it would be the best and the good idea to work with the local production company together and to pitch the TRT. And since the TRT is the, still is the only buyer, the biggest buyer in, in the market. So, uh, and since the channel is doing very well and it's, uh, it's the ratings and the shares are shows that it's in the top. So we are ready to pitch. <laughs> So they are just uh, started to come, and they, they started to come and pitch their uh, projects internationally and locally. And, and what ages are you, of children are you targeting? Three, three to 12. Uh, we, we cannot say preschoolers, but we, we, don't, we don't do for very, very early age that we start. <coughs> we insist on starting three and to 12, but uh, in specific projects like uh, kids' news prog programs, everyday live, sometimes we put uh, and we target, especially 13 or 14, uh, due to the content of the news. And which uh, British shows have you acquired and, and play? Uh, so far, uh, now it's just a little 30% is, is acquisition, and uh, we provide the Mayadabi, the Vikings, Wicked Viking, and, and the Heidi. And the Mayadabi is on air, and it's been quite well so far. And like from BBC, we, we, we did uh, In the Night Garden, and it, and it worked well. And now Laura Star and <coughs> Nelly and Caesar, <laughs> and they're doing well. So we just scheduled them uh, due to the <clears throat> age group, and we we are on air 14 hours and 14 and a half hours. So we started at 6:30 and we stop at 9:30, uh, 10 sometimes. It's not sometimes; it's summertime <laughs> in, until September. So we scheduled during this period. Should we have a look at your? Yeah, please. Uh, it's just to have a taste of the channel Let's and have local a taste productions.
Uh, you also run a children's and media conference in Turkey every year, I believe. Yes. Um, is that something where you get uh, a lot of UK presence? Do you, do you have UK producers or broadcasters uh, discussing opportunities there? Is that a place where co-productions can start to happen? Not yet. It's, uh, it's been also run, run uh, just for three years, and for the next coming two year, in, in two years' time or three years' time, we're planning to add this kind of sessions and sections in the, in the conference. But so far, uh, we did um, a big, um, um, let's say, it's, it's, it's not a conference, it's a congress as well, uh, actually. So, and at the same time, we tried to run parallel sessions as workshops with kids. So we, uh, we tried to invite some professionals just to run these workshops. And it was, um, it was in, in Antep, in, in the border city uh, close to Syria. So a lot of Syrian kids and uh, Turkish kids were together and they, they produced together and they did something together. So in the conference, every year we aim to gain um, and to, uh, to achieve to produce something together with kids and professionals. And uh, as, the, as we can understand from the names we invite from, like from UK, from other countries, we always invite, uh, from, try to invite from different continents. They come together and they talk and they share us as every year we, has, we have a theme. The last one was the music effects and, and uh, sound in, in kids' media. So it's, it's a big umbrella. So we just try to get together all the people and from local production companies and the international professionals, they come together and they, they try to find out uh, in which way they, they can produce and they can um, uh, get the high quality level uh, in between those countries. So it's, it's not just from United States, just not from UK, but we, we we had uh, from from we had some good keynote speakers from South Africa, from Japan, from South South Korea, and from Canada, and from Italy, from from some festivals like here we had a presenter from from this conference, and some other uh, kids media festivals like this. So. You you're very open to co-productions internationally. <laughs> if, if producers here have some ideas that could work for you, or they're interested in finding out what could work for you, what, what are the, the best ways for them to do that? So what, how do you tend to work with producers? Yeah. Uh, first, uh, I would suggest to watch the channel. And then um, and I, I, I would suggest to understand the Turkish um, TRT Çocuk's uh, target age profile. And then if they had a good and unique format and the idea, just come to us. And you know business is done by people and we prefer just to see each other and just to talk and discuss. Everything can possible, everything is possible. So if they have the project in their hands, then just ring them. <laughs> and. Yes, it, it would be the smart idea to have a local production company with them. It would work, is, it would work um, easier and quicker. <laughs> and TRT is now uh, 
really ready to to co-produce and we don't want yeah we, we generally do acquisition but it's very little <coughs> so co-production is more beneficial i think for both sides between <laughs> and with the shows that you have commissioned are are there are there format rights? Are there remake rights up for grabs for some of them? Do you go out to, to MIP and some of the international markets? Yes, uh, we always have a booth in, in Cannes, in MIP, MIP TV and MIP Junior, MIP Com. And um, we generally send, try to send and try to get the uh, feedbacks from from other people from from other kids especially so if the kids are the waters and and the jury then we send to this kind of uh, festivals like uh, we have the you know <clears throat> the digital and online components uh, for for projects so uh, as you see the the red fox among the uh, other projects the red fox was the one of the finalists in 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 2011 in the Digital Emmy Awards, and uh, it, it's still on air, and it worked very well till, till that uh, <coughs> year, from, from that year. So, uh, I think the, the, the sales and acquisition departments is so happy with kids' content in, in, in the booklet. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, I, I think the Turkish drama and the second one, uh, second comes the Turk, uh, kids content. They are proud, so proud of doing this uh, in sales department in Ankara. And this is a question, I guess, possibly for all of you. I mean, how is the world getting that much smaller when you talk about doing doing co-productions? Is the appeal of kids content across the board uh, quite similar? Are there more opportunities generally for working together on shows that could work internationally. Um, Katharina, would you like to? Say it again. I don't quite know what, what you want to know. <laughs> do, you, do you find there's just generally more appetite to co-produce, essentially? Are those barriers perhaps breaking down? Yeah, I think there is actually. Um, I mean, um, Wolfblood was one was the first co-production that that we did with uh, ZDF did together with the BBC, and, and that's quite interesting for us because um, for a long time I think they didn't need to co-produce, um, um, and we're seeing that with a lot of the um, European broadcasters' budgets are getting smaller. Um, you really are competing with uh, amazing production quality um, content coming from the US, coming from the majors that is. Um, that have budgets that you know none of us can afford on our own. So um, as I said, for us it's quite usual because we've been doing it for a long time, but we see it more and more that international co-productions on the European scale, but also with Australia, with Canada, um, are happening more and more, and, and people are looking um, to do that. Ms. Sinead, I mean, you're, I guess, primarily, primarily BBC, but... Yes, um, I mean, co-production in animation is really important for us. Um, it used to be the case that uh, animation companies would only need two or three pots of money in order to get their finance together. But now, you know, as many as 10, 15 different uh, uh, bodies can be involved in a way. And that, that makes it really quite difficult. Um, but for us, it, 
it means that we can help by, for example, if people come to us and that even if we're, if we're um, only acquiring an animation, it still means that they can access our uh, co-production fund, the SDML fund. And if some of the work is coming to Wales, then that also helps um, open the way into, to, to other funds. Um, so I'm talking more detail if people want to meet up afterwards at the, at the sessions, um, the speed meet. I can talk in more detail about that. And the animation tax breaks that have come into the UK, a, 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 a project really come helpful. To you, yes, a project. Uh, uh, we had the first project that went through the system, and it was a live-action comedy for preschool with uh, a little animated character, and um, they ticked all the boxes. And uh, so that, that's classified as animation. That is classified as animation. They had over fifty-one percent, I think, of the Just. of the, <laughs> the, 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 the budget and so on. That. that um, but of course, that includes scripting and so on. And it's a lovely, lovely series. We're going to, into the second series. What's the name of the, of the series? Llanar Gollen. It's a little... It's based in a village where everything gets lost, which is Ar Goll in Welsh. <coughs> so in Llanar Gollen, everything gets lost. And there's a little detective and his sidekick. So we've got our own preschool uh, detective series, which is a lot of fun. And yesterday we heard the case for uh, the live-action tax breaks to, to, to sit alongside animation. Presumably, as a, as a commissioner of, of live action, that's something you can get behind too. It's absolutely fantastic. I think it's really important to support the industry, yes. It's been a very difficult few years for the industry, for animation and for live action. Um, people are working for m at much, much lower budgets, and uh, I take my hat off to people who work so hard and, and produce such excellent content. So the tax break says, I mean, for this particular Llanar Gotlin project, it did make a huge difference. Um, and sometimes, if, if the... the um, project works, we can, well, it wouldn't be in my department, but we, we can bankroll the, the production while they're waiting for the, the tax breaks to come through at the end, because it's, it's something that happens at the end, isn't it, I understand. Okay, and, 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 and to all of you, if we look at how children are viewing your content, we've touched a little bit on, on some of the multi-platform stuff you're doing. Um, what are your observations for where schedules uh, still stay, uh, still a strong part of the mix, where children are watching on demand online, um, and how you reach, reach, uh, get your shows to them in the best possible way. Stephanie, uh, would you like to start? I haven't said anything for a while. <laughs> um, kids still watch TV, you know. Our Tiny Pop is doing very, very well throughout the day, usually in the morning and the evenings, and they're still watching TV. They go online, they do watch videos on our website. Um, we're launching an app as well soon, and I'm sure they'll go there, but primarily they're still watching TV on television. So it's, it's something that we do to complement, and it gives them a different offering. We don't just put TV straight onto the website because they watch it on TV, so we try to do things that are a bit different and offer them something extra. Same for us, really, in Germany. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same. It's the, the broadcast is the main thing. We're seeing a lot of the, the catch-up um, that's, that's used more and more and, and very popular. Um, but uh, the Germans are a bit slower than, for example, I think the, the Scandinavians um, see uh, a lot of um, um, change from the, the pure linear broadcast reception to the on-demand. And, and I know they are acquiring a lot of online rights now to go with the broadcasting rights because they say they need it. Um, the kids are really moving from the, the pure 
um, yeah, as I said, linear reception to on demand and 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 watching online and catching up um, more than you know for seven days only. Uh, we we get the rights for thirty five days mm -hmm. catch up, and um, they do watch them on on telly on on the on the big screen, but also um, Click, which is our on demand service, is really really well. I think about forty four percent of the traffic for Click is for children's programmes, and they go back and back and watch the same thing. It's it's incredible. And if, for example, a series is filmed in a school in an area, or or they go to a school, or they, you know, there's some some local interest. The figures are phenomenal for that particular area. So um, it's interesting for us, um, with, well, all of us with preschool, of course, because of Bab. Um, with with catch up and click, the figures are, are much more true in a way. Yeah, yeah in, in Turkey they still primarily watch TV, but it, it depends on uh, some regional uh, audience profile. Since for uh, the preschoolers, they of course they pr prefer to primarily watch TV and then games on on <coughs> apps on on some other smart devices, uh, and it's not. Just putting your your schedule on internet. It's it's, it's not internet TV. Of course, it will uh, it doesn't it, it won't work. But um, we try to, we try not to compete with the others. We try to run together with the TV. So uh, the other all uh, 360 platforms they are all there, and we try to get them uh, their interest just to make them. Um, want to see the other things rather than uh, they could find on TV. So we just don't put uh, uh, regarding video on demand or demanding content. They provide, I mean, the uh, production uh, companies provide some different u usage formats that they can serve kids uh, with, with games, with uh, qu quiz shows or with some other formats on internet. And they cannot just find the whole episode, but they can find some other things, additional sections or, you know, the, the forums or something. Uh, and it it brings and it, and it uh, takes them just uh, a little bit far away or a further away, for, further from the TV content and just internet websites. So uh, they work together. We try to run them together, not to compete. So it's. I think it's. It will grow, but I'm sure TV is still be the king, and of course the content is the king. Good stuff. Okay. Well, just before we open the question, questions. I'm conscious we've got a few minutes left. Um, we, we, one question that came up yesterday that I thought was quite revealing when we had a session was to ask what's the best or worst thing you've heard in a pitch. I think that's, if we take it, take it <laughs> channel by channel, um, what has sort of pricked your interest or got you wanting to hear more? Sinead, you start. Well, it's really interesting because I was a producer for years, so I've, I'm very, very used to the whole pitching and developing and how difficult it is to get people's attention, um, to pitch ideas in the right way, are you doing things the right way? Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it. it it depends. I mean, there's one project I'm thinking of. It came through through our recommissioning system. I didn't even read the second paragraph. You know, I loved it so much. I thought, right, we've got to have that. And then the conversation happens. So it can happen like that. Or sometimes, I'm, I actually prefer it if people do have a chat first. So um, if you have got something else similar in the pipeline, they're not going to waste a, a lot of money or, or a lot of their time or, or effort developing something that you, you don't really need. Um, so. 
ideally a quick email just with an outline um, and then, oh, that wasn't the question, was it? The question was about the best and the worst pitch. Uh, so, the, so that happens with, so the worst pitch I think I had was where people kind of almost desperately saying something like, oh, you're interested in literacy. Oh, I can do you something literacy. You know, I mean, that doesn't help any, anybody. You know, it, you, you need to be focused. You need to know exactly what your idea is. And I'd much rather have a chat with people about one really good idea rather than them coming along with lots of, half-baked things they don't even want to make themselves. You know, you've got to really want to make it. Um, quite often things happen within a conversation. So um, one good example of this is that a, a, a very small company came to pitch an idea. Um, and out of that conversation, um, they just said something, oh, kids could be teaching mum and dad to speak Welsh and they could be putting little stickers on, on things. And that thing really was different. So that's what stood out. So what we then did was we had the conversation about how that would develop. Um, it, was, it was kind of almost a, a development of what they'd come to pitch originally, but it was one specific part of it. And when they then came back <coughs> to me, they came back with a whole worked out um, series of 100 tiny episodes of four minutes, where they would fit in the schedule, what the digital contents would be, how the, uh, uh, there would be an app, and how this would work. So they'd actually taken exactly the, the idea that worked for us and had worked out how it would fit. And that I thought that was impressive because they, they, they were so keen on the idea and they made it work for us as a channel. Okay, that's interesting. Catherine? Well, I... Um, it's really hard to say the worst. I think some of the worst pitch, or one of the worst pitches I've had, was an, uh, a US power pitch. Um, Fifteen programs in five minutes, without even knowing about, you know, not even asking about what I was looking for, what I wanted, um, and kind of telling, "This is for you, honey." And, <laughs> and you're just saying, "Nah." The last one was of puppies replaying German fairy tales with the mouth moving with bonnets on their head and just like, nah, not gonna work for us anyway. Um, and really good pitches, I can't even say what, what I like. Sometimes it's just, I mean, I've, I've, I've had uh, somebody pitching me another show then seeing the image of, you know, in the very back of the book uh, he, or the, 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 the folder he was presenting from, um, he's like, he didn't want to pitch then. I was like, what's this, what's this? I just love the image and, and he started talking about it. I really like pitches where I can feel that it's well thought through and, and there's a concept and an idea behind it and heart. Um, you, can, you can feel passion from people, um, which doesn't mean that I'm gonna, or we're gonna be able to pick it up because it might not work, but, but it's, it's always great to get a pitch where you kind of feel there's passion behind it, an idea. Yeah, just, just it's, it's a, it's, you know, there's something in it. Um, the best I think I've ever had was, you know, working with Versus on the animation. Anybody who gets our channels and can, you know, when, because we don't really take pitches so much, but when we work with them and they send you something, when you've just said, I want to do weird fairy tales, and it makes you laugh and surprises you, even though you were the one who came up with the idea, that's amazing because they've taken it and then they've taken it further and really used their imagination and really gets what we, we do. Um, the worst, <laughs> I've had an email recently that just said, hi, name. And I was like, well, clearly you thought this through. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and also just things like spelt with a K. Like Kardashians don't even do that anymore. Stop misspelling things because you think kids will think it's cool. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
And finally, and, yeah, the, the best. I, I don't want to say the best. The best comes on the stage at the end, and then it's more quicker. It's more. It's best. But the worst can be. Uh, I think if they started to say, "Oh, it is the the." the best idea you've ever seen and this is the best project and if they start like this i hate this <laughs> and, <laughs> and if they start <laughs> if they start to confuse i mean the this is something for kids but when when i saw that when i see this this is about kids mm -hmm. and they generally do this if they bring something about kids not for kids or by kids then i just stop the conversation Turn and up. kindly uh, Say hello, say bye bye, and they go. And I, I think this is the worst scenario to to see if they don't want, if they don't know what to do, and if they don't just they, they just come to you just to have uh, something and have a chat. And sometimes it's it's uh, wasting time, just wasting time. Okay, well, there's lots of tips there for the uh, speed dating session to come. Um, okay, we're well, just remains to say to, to thank the panel. Thanks very much. <laughs>